1: to you now sandy beach beach company well hello 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 it is beach and company i'm sandy beach we had a lot to talk about today and we have a distinguished guest that can answer a lot of our questions and believe me we've had a lot of questions about the police and their part in our society and on the line is uh, tom burton tom is the attorney for the uh, buffalo police uh, and tom thanks for taking some time out of i'm sure a very busy day today
2: Thanks for having me on, Sandy.
1: Let me ask you some questions that uh, just a, a, uh, you know, a, a civilian like myself would want to know. First of all, when the Supreme Court ruled, and I still can't figure out why they rule like this, that the police are not responsible for protecting property or people. To me, I always thought that was the job of the police, to protect and to serve Can you explain uh, that Supreme Court ruling? Because I can't figure it out.
2: Well, the the main starting point for all this is what is the rules from each state from whence a police officer derives his authority? Local police, which handle probably 98% of the arrests for violation of law in the country, are a creature of state law. In other words, a Buffalo cop gets his authority from the state. So while that decision and some of the analysis from it may be troubling, the reality is almost, all, in fact, all of the states provide an affirmative duty for cops to to do the very thing that you just talked about to protect life, limb, and property.
1: Well, it seems to me, too, that they are trying to neuter the police, uh, the, the people who don't want the police around, uh, and I think by trying to end qualified immunity, that would be a giant step. Is does that, is that a legitimate thing that we're going to have to be facing, the elimination of qualified immunity? That would make the cops very vulnerable to every day they come to work.
2: Well, there's two extremes to that. One is absolute immunity. This gray area called qualified immunity that's been around as part of our legal system for ever, and the other extreme, no immunity whatsoever, the bottom line is you and I, Sandy, don't have to go forward to help somebody. We don't have to go in harm's way. Police officer takes an oath to do so, and this qualified immunity standard has been around to recognize that we can sit back, but cops have to go forward and get involved, so we give them a little benefit of the doubt under the law.
1: Oh I would think so otherwise uh, every action would be uh, uh, end up in court uh, you could you know how you can tell uh, the the mood of the of the people is yesterday I went out for a simple task to to buy a few boxes of ammunition for some target shooting I had to go to three places to find anything uh, and this has been going on since the Obama administration I think it says that uh, people recognize the fact that they hope they never have to, but if they ever have to def- defend home and hearth, they'd at least have something to do it with. Uh, do, you ha- do you sense that attitude yourself?
2: Well, for some folks that are Second Amendment aficionados, they have a concern for the long term, and it is certainly manifest with what it takes now for a, a good citizen or one that's inclined to buy a weapon Um, The shelves, in many instances, are close to bare. That should tell you something as to concern about the future.
1: One of, the, uh, one of the hot uh, topics of discussion are the couple, I know you can't talk about anything you're litigating or about to yourself, but this is a general subject. Uh, couples uh, lived in a very nice house, and a gang of uh, looters, basically, and probably anarchists, break down the gate to their gated community, threatened to kill them, uh, to uh, uh, kill their, their dog and burn down their house. They went into the house and came out each with a weapon. Uh, and now I would think that would be uh, for defending your property because they, they were in danger of their lives and they felt that way and that's what they said they did. Now the only thing I can think of is that they were pointing the weapons at the, at the crowd coming after them uh, because the DA is talking about the possibility of, of finding them in some uh, default of some law, and I can't figure out why. If we can't defend our own home when people are threatening to kill us, what can we do? Uh, Is the law getting that loosey-goosey?
2: Sandy, you've addressed two different things. One is good protocol if you have a weapon in your hand. In other words, where you point it, um, when you point it, how you point it, that's one thing. The other thing is defense of a residence, and you're bringing up something that's very important. Defending mere property outside, at least in this state, is different than defending against a burglar. And it's important for citizens that own a firearm to know this. Burglary that you can use deadly force for to stop in this state entails three elements entering and remaining unlawfully, and then with intent to commit a crime. And the point is that it's not a license to shoot someone. It's a defense if you reasonably believe it's necessary to terminate a burglary or even an attempt to commit a burglary. And in fact, uh, contrary to what many people think, New York's a pretty liberal state. This is not too bad a state to shoot a burglar, if you're inclined to do it, as a citizen. In fact, in this state, a citizen probably has broader rights to use deadly force to stop a burglary than a police officer does.
1: Well, I was always taught, I've been uh, shooting, uh, which I I consider a, a wonderful pastime, since 1965. And I was always taught that if there's a burglary going on, if they're coming after you, you can defend yourself. If they're running out the door, you don't chase them out the, at the, out, out the door. So you're no longer in any danger. And I think that's a reasonable uh, premise to proceed on. It, boy, this is a tough time to, to be a cop. A lot of cops are... Uh, first of all, I did not know, uh, before I get to that, in the, in the CHOP situation, I didn't know that the mayor had the authority to let other people break the law and tell the police to stand down and not interfere. Do mayors always have that kind of authority, or is it left to the department to make those choices?
2: That's an interesting question. For minor matters, my view is they probably have pretty broad discretion. I don't think a mayor, at least in my reading of New York law, can suddenly say, you know, rioting, attempting arson... Uh, significant felony damage of property, uh, possession of a weapon, all those things. There's no provision that I'm aware of where a mayor can suspend those penal law provisions. Now, for minor stuff, that may be a different story, where you can go, where you're parking, um, where you can drive, etc. But those are two extremes of the scale, Sandy
1: all right uh tom burton is with us he's the attorney for buffalo pd tony let's skip the stop set at 15 we'll make it up later in the show uh we have an opportunity to uh, have tom here this is a tough time to be a cop it's a tough time to recruit cops Uh, a lot of cops are retiring because uh, they see that they're not getting backed up by the civilian authorities for some reason, the punks who are on the street seem to think they own the street. Uh, so uh, are you having recruiting problems, and are many cops retiring from the Buffalo PD?
2: I, I know that there are many that are counting the days when they can optimally leave and take advantage of retirement options. I think your your point is best focused on this, though. We have a small, vocal, and effective group of humanity right now that seems to be defining the national agenda. And what's troubling here is that we see optics, without knowing what the background is on many of these circumstances, controlling the day. And a good example you know, that didn't get a lot of publicity is uh, our people over on, um, on Bailey Avenue. There were officers that were shot at over there Bottles, bricks, you named it. And we barely got any attention to the good job they were doing. But what happened in front of City Hall went viral. And we have the whole policy pyramid standing on the point instead of its base.
1: Well, I'll tell you, there are some things that uh, we're happy to have. I think uh, 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 cameras that the uh, policemen wear, I think, is very... uh, uh, very effective because usually they come out on the side of their point of view. You know, if you think about it, Tom, uh, with the bad publicity that's being generated by, and uh, not not for good reason, just being generated uh, with the police, if you took a week, a day, you choose whatever it is, how many in the national spotlight, how many different acts there are during the course of a cops uh, day or week or whatever, and you added them up, you'd find that a very, very small percentage were problematic. In any other scenario, this would be a rousing success. Yet the cops, every minor thing, uh, yeah, guaranteed there are some major things, but they're mostly minor. Every minor thing gets magnified. And we seem to be in that now in the last couple of years more than uh, before that.
2: You take the scale and look what officers do daily, um, responding to heart attacks, pulling kids out of a pool, responding to robberies, stopping assaults, and uh, drunk drivers, you can go on and on. Everybody expects that, but the scale in terms of optics is completely lopsided when somebody screws up or does something that um, has some notoriety and unfortunately, we zero in on the negative end of that instead of people that are out there going in harm's way for us. And unfortunately, I don't think there's an easy way to sponge that away, Sandy. No, I think we're seeing a whole
1: change in society's view of a lot of things. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's the future of what we're going to be talking after we leave you today. Uh, and unfortunately, the cops are right there. The cops represent the difference between us and chaos right now between uh, us and the end of the look and feel of the country as we have it. The last thing we can afford to do is, uh, uh, is, is give up the police. What about the defunding? Uh, there's a move now, which when I first heard about it, which was only a few weeks ago, I thought this is insanity. We can't do this. Defunding a police uh, and, and uh, uh, pretending that social workers could come in and do the job. Uh, How is the defunding uh, movement looking from your perspective, Tom?
2: Well, there's two components to that. Number one, once you have a perception by bad people, drug dealers and criminals outright, that there's little chance of being arrested or interdicted for what they're trying to do, that snowballs, and in, in some neighborhoods where you're not lucky enough to live in Clarence or, let's say, Williamsville or Orchard Park, the denigration of what's going on happens uh, rapidly. The other problem, Sandy, is this. If you have officers that are saying there is no community support, no um, backup functionally from society, then you have cops just doing responses to emergency things saying, why should I get involved Because if I do, the potential is, I'm going to be the target because it's politically correct. You add those two things up, and it could spell chaos. And I'll tell you what, social workers do an important job. They're not trained to go into a house when somebody's quavering in their bed with a burglar with a knife. And uh, that's the difference when you pull police out with defunding. It's craziness.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, My first thoughts, I think, are still my current thoughts. You know, when they uh, said that they were going to pull cops off the air, I've been watching cops uh, for 30 years. As long as it's been on, I thought that's uh, that's minuscule. And then and then I, I started watching some that are still on and I figured out why they want cops off the air. Because, now I know that it's an edited show, but a, a majority of the things that you see the cops doing are are very dangerous, uh, that require a high degree of uh, skill, and it shows them doing a lot of positive things. Not just pulling them over and finding out that nobody carries a driver's license. Nobody. They have no ID on them at all. They'll run as... Uh, as fast as they can and the cops got all of the things on their belt and they got to catch them uh, but they're showing them doing good things and i think they wanted the cops show off the air because they didn't want that perception of cops doing good things while on duty
2: you know you speak of this and why we were outlining that thought i've thought of the estates that i've handled with many uh, officers over the years that have fallen Skip McDougal, uh, Patty Peretti, I can go on and on. If those folks that shot those officers are willing to do that to a uniformed, armed police officer, think what easy pickings that is for an ordinary citizen. Now, I, 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 the idea of defunding or eliminating police is, is madness. And I'll tell you what, we let the pendulum swing too far. We are going to pay for it societally. There's
1: no question about that. Uh, We're in New York State, which I I don't know if we're the only ones that have this, uh, but we certainly have it. And I I think it's uh, wrong. And I think a lot of people have said it was wrong. The no bail situation uh, where you don't have to put up bail money. They give you an appearance ticket. And a lot of these people, I, I assume, go out in their spare time and commit more crimes. Uh, do you think that's uh, good or bad or indifferent for law enforcement?
2: Well, what, what happened was, and there's no doubt there was some people of modest means that would put time in a holding center uh, waiting for their case to come up that somebody of more means would not have to face, and that's a legitimate concern. But when the pendulum swings back so far that somebody's been arrested four or five times for the same crime, in new york city and almost brags about it to an officer as usual here the political response to what might be a legitimate policy concern with fairness that's not punitive for bail went so far that it was like uh, opening the floodgates and i predict here and it, it will happen wait till we see a catastrophe and we're not talking about another drunk driving or something but a. Uh, mass shooting or some horrible crime, because someone with a bad history who's done some bad things have been let out on the, on the street to uh, mingle with the rest of us that have some respect for society and um, are good citizens. That's what scares me, and we will see that.
1: And I, I agree with you on that. Uh, a question that I think a lot of people are interested in, what is the procedure? What happens say the buffalo police department gets a complaint about an officer okay it's registered at the department what happens from there on
2: well first administratively it goes through the internal affairs division they have a protocol where they have to follow up investigate make a determination if it's unfounded if it's false if there's not enough proof to support it etc if it's real bad the circumstances the uh, local district attorney can always look at it. And if it rises to something that is particularly egregious, then we have civil rights issues and the feds can get in the act. Normally, they don't. the feds do not do that unless there's a judgment call on something that's overtly a violation of law. Now, um, sometimes everyone looks at it and the officer is cleared, and that happens um On some occasions, uh, especially at the DA's level, with uh, deadly force use by a police officer, because everyone wants to take a look at that to make sure when the guns come out that uh, there's a legitimate reason to use them. Uh, let me ask you this. How about
1: jurisdiction? We've seen, and the reason I'm asking these questions is if we watch TV, we see it in the different markets and whatever, so I want to apply it to Buffalo. Juris- say something is going on that seems uh, over a little over the top, and it's in Buffalo. We know the Buffalo PD has jurisdiction. Can the sheriff's department come in and the state police as well? Do they have to be invited in? Who can ask them to come in, and how does that go?
2: Well, there's no uh, statutory prohibition from the sheriffs or the state police to be in Buffalo, but generally there's great deference to those different agencies um, unless one of them calls for help or asks for them. And in Buffalo, generally, it has to be something where they ask these other agencies in, because historically the troopers are, other than you know some of the more exotic things with narcotics investigation, organized crime and that, the state police are out in the more rural areas. The sheriff's department, pretty much the same. And Buffalo's got its hands full with what it does here. Now, in times of emergency, they can all come in. They all have jurisdiction. And then at that point, you have to decide who's in command and who's going to run the show. All right. Well, I'm glad you
1: could spare a, a half an hour with us because they had a lot of questions that I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you remember this, but I met you years ago at Susan Banks' house for a Christmas party. Irv, uh, Weinstein was there, Judge Wolfgang, and we had a chance to talk for a while.
2: Well, I, uh, in retrospect, I would have remembered it, Sandy, if you'd given me a little gift or something. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall, you had a wonderful
1: gift called your wife, who was with you, and a lovely lady she is. Hey, thank you, Tom. A pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Sandy. All the
1: best. Okay. Bye-bye uh tom burton he is the attorney for the buffalo police uh the the police uh, themselves police department and uh, you see that uh, he's got a couple of cases now i would have uh, loved to ask him about except uh, uh, they do not comment on pending litigation Uh, and so we understand Uh, thanks uh thanks uh, tony and thank uh, your father-in-law for uh, guiding us uh to uh, mr burton I think it was a very interesting time.
0: Yeah, it was very fascinating. Tom's a great guy. As I mentioned before, his firm represented me when I was in my motorcycle accident some 14 years ago.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I see you now in the progressive commercials, don't I? <laughs>
0: I'm either there or Liberty, Liberty, neutral. I don't know.
1: Exactly. Well, that was good. We had a lot of questions answered with Tom Burton. I'm glad we had him on. Yeah, he, we,
0: he knows a lot, that's for sure.
1: He surely does. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking about America in general. On News Radio 930, uh, this is WBEN. Yeah. That where we got enough to start the show uh, before we even give the subject. Uh, we posted something that uh, appropriate. Uh, I'm glad we had Tom Burton on, uh, Tony. world there were a lot of questions that I often wondered about, and you got somebody on there who's in the thick of it, and I'm sure he's up to his eyeballs with uh, uh, with his work. To get somebody like Tom Burton on, we were very very pleased. And thanks for your help on that, Tony, too. My pleasure. Okay, uh, now. A couple of days ago, Tucker Carlson uh, from uh, Fox uh, had a show on about what would happen if the Democrats gained total control in the upcoming election. That would be the president gain control of the Senate, keep control of the House of Representatives. That was, uh, I think, two days ago. Uh, It was announced that that show was the highest rated show in the history of cable. In the history of cable, and that includes all the major cable uh, networks and things like that, it's amazing. He really struck a nerve, uh, so much so that when uh, Tucker got done, uh, it's hard to tell which of those shows are recorded and which are live, because they're all very topical, and uh, I guess parts of them uh, would be recorded almost every night, and sometimes uh, most of them are live, but it's hard to tell. But the bottom line is, at the end of his show... Hannity uh, usually says, nice show, and then he starts his show, okay? But that night, two nights ago, he mentioned right away how he totally agreed uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson. And Tucker's premise, as I said, was if the Democrats gained control of Congress and the White House, what America would look like. And the gist of his conversation was, you wouldn't recognize it. It, it would be a totally different country. It would be a, a country that uh, the things, the checks and balances that we have now, that we enjoy now, that have served us well, would be out the window. They'd be gone. And a part of which, I preach all the time about illegal, about illegal um, immigrants, people who sneak into the country illegally. And uh, the governments are giving them free college. They're giving them uh, a driver's license and this and that. And uh, even though they're in here illegally, I don't know what other country in the world you could sneak into and get benefits from. And I said the reason that they're soft on this sort of thing is simple. Because they've got patience. And eventually, I didn't think it'd be this fast... But eventually, what they're going to do is uh, try and... Right now, you have to be a citizen to vote. But I think eventually, they'll try and get, uh, gear them up towards citizenship. Uh, and then once they become citizens, we'll, we will become a one-party country. And that party will not be Republicans. Okay, we, uh, If you're a Republican, you will have absolutely no say in anything because if, if you were illegal and uh, your biggest fear was being caught and sent back to your home country, suddenly now you can vote in America thanks to the Democrats. You're going to vote for the Democrats for the rest of your life, and your kids are going to vote for the Democrats. That's just going to be the way it is, okay? And uh, Tucker brought up other things that they would do. First of all, we know because uh, Biden says, uh, says it all the time. Uh, he would eliminate all of the tax cuts uh, that the president has instituted, things that we're enjoying to give us more of our own money. Okay, he would eliminate those. Uh, and uh, basically the rest of the things, procedural things, uh, that would eliminate any voice the Republicans had at all. Uh, make less votes necessary to pass certain things because they would have the, uh, the power There'd be no sense in even coming into work if you're a Republican. And so uh, he ended by saying, uh, if the the power goes all to the um, Democrats, it will be the end of the USA as we know it. Now, for those of you who think that's hyperbole, I want you to think about this. Newt Gingrich, smart guy, Newt Gingrich said, this is the most important election in the United States since the Lincoln administration. That was, what, 1860. We are now in 2020. Go back to 1860, before you had a more important election, and that was about the Civil War, slavery, and the whole, uh, the whole McGill. There was a very important uh, election. So my question is, if the Democrats control the White House and uh, Congress, Will it be the end of the USA as we know it? You can forget about all the things we said. Second Amendment, that will be like a civil war. Because when, if you give up the Second Amendment, if they come knocking at your door, because in New York State, guess what? In New York State, every legal uh, procedure, uh, they, they know each of your guns. They know the caliber of your guns. They know what you have. They put it on a permit. You cannot uh, be possessing a pistol without a permit. And they, ha- they know all of that. Now, and they also have a, uh, a uh, file on who has AR-15s. So these are on file. If, if they want to come and get us, they, they'll know exactly where to go. But I'm just saying this. Uh, the Second Amendment would be a civil rights battle just a battle because that is the last defense between you and anarchy it's the last defense uh, between you and the mob and if you expected your mayor to step in and help you forget it I'll say this about mayor Brown and he's done you know I'm no mayor Brown fan okay but he's done a, a fairly good even-handed job Regarding this sort of thing for a, a little while, he does not seem like an extremist at all, and I'll you know I'll play it day by day with Mayor Brown. But so far, I'm not uh, I'm I'm not angry. I think he's done a pretty decent job. Okay, give us a call. Will it be the end of the USA as we know it? And this is not over over hype. I, I really truly believe it. On News Radio nine thirty, this is WBN. You know, I was just thinking we just you just heard the PSA uh, public service announcement for Boys and Girls Club and they're talking about what happens when the kids get home from school if their parents aren't there, what are they going to do? I, you know, why aren't the uh, TV stations running any PSAs for the police departments uh, and show some of the good stuff they do that never gets rewarded, never gets mentioned, and if there's any incident, it, it leads every newscast. It's the headline of every newspaper, and uh, as I said to Tom Burton, If you count it up on an average day, a week, a month, how many incidents across the country there are with police and how few uh, problems there are, it is uh, uh, by the percentage. By any other means, by any other uh, 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 gauge, uh, that would be considered a rousing success, except in police work, uh, it's so dangerous, sometimes it doesn't work out right, and surely Occasionally there are bad cops, but I say occasionally because I mean it. Most of them are, are fine, but maybe one or two here and there aren't. Uh, and I'd like to see some PSA done by a really good ad agency showing some of the better things that the cops do to kind of erase that mind of bad boy, bad boy, what you're going to do when they come for you. All right, let's go to line one to start with, and uh, that would be Diane in buffalo diane you're on wben
3: hi sandy
1: hello diane thanks for calling
3: i just wanted to tell you i wanted to just mention about the buffalo police i live on the east side and i'm 70 years old and crippled and on um may 17th a neighbor came running over to my house to my yard it starts smashing a big window with a board oh geez I'm outside and I was assaulted. This woman and him, she hit me in the eye, gave me a black eye, smashed up my glasses, and then he started punching me in the head.
1: For what reason? Just, uh, just out of the blue?
3: They're crackheads. They're druggies. I don't know. You know. They stole some kittens off my porch. I wanted them back. This was a couple days ahead of t- in the, before. And, um, I, you know, I did call them thieves and liars but you know um anyways
1: um, so that was too late uh, the cops couldn't have gotten there in time and that's why uh, this happened were you were, were had you had problems with them uh, much before uh, I th-
3: 20 years they moved in april beginning of april and this is may 17th they were okay any and there's they're crack it's a crack house it's a, a drug house it's a flop house anyways um I went into the house because they broke my glasses. I had to get another pair of glasses, call the police. I got my pepper spray. I took the board in the house because they used a board, a big board, to smash the window. And then they started using it to go for me. And, but I took it away from them because they threw it at me. And once I had a hold of it and they knocked me to the ground, I went back in the side door. And I did all those things, getting, getting new glasses because I couldn't see. And I, then I went outside with the pepper spray. Cause he didn't leave. She left. She only hit me once, but she gave me a bloody eye.
1: Oh, jeez, really? Now, Here's a, let me give you a little tip about something that's perfectly legal. Okay, uh, you you it's uh, you don't want to have a weapon be a problem if it's illegal. Here's something that's perfectly legal: wasp spray. Wasp spray is different than most other sprays because. They know that if you're going to, uh, to spray it on a, uh, a nest, oftentimes the nests are a long ways away. I know that. I had a nest when I lived in the town of Boston, and I was at least uh, 10 yards away before I sprayed it. And the wasp spray has a great reach. Yeah, and uh it's legal. Yeah, but listen,
3: y- the police finally came after I perpetrated him. I went out the front door and because he wouldn't
1: leave. Oh, they were still there? They, they didn't they home. didn't leave after they after they did the damage?
3: The police never arrested him. This is what I can't understand. Like we're in shock. This guy needs to be arrested and why now they would have arrested somebody who beat up their
0: mother?
1: Well, first of all, that's assault. If they broke your window, that's property damage. And once they assaulted you, I would think the second thing alone would be enough for them to be uh, arrested on.
3: My property and stuff. What, but, you know, they. I want to know why the police don't arrest. This is what's going on in the East Side. Just, you know, they don't arrest them. I think that, you know, they just don't want to bother.
1: You know, I should have mentioned this to Tom. One of my concerns is this. I hope the police don't get into a position where they're thinking before they act uh, how will this look on television? How will this be in the newspaper, on radio? Uh, how are the optics? I think they have to do their uh, duty honestly, peaceful uh, as best they can, uh, uh, settle it as peacefully as they can, use as much force as necessary, however, to get the job done. But once they start thinking like this, they put themselves at more danger. And maybe something like you just described falls through the cracks. But I would certainly think that they should have uh, taken care of it. Thank you, Diane. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. What do you guys think? It sounds to me like a cut and, uh, uh, cut and dry situation.
0: You would if think.
1: They, yeah. If, if they broke your window, that's one thing. But attacking you, uh, she described herself as crippled. I don't know what her... Uh, her uh, situation is, but it sounds like it was a kind of an unfair assault to me.
0: Well, somebody Dang. needs to be locked up.
1: He yeah, I'm telling you, Mister Beamer, Mister Joseph Beamer. Yep. Oh, by the way, that that spray—it was a texter suggested it to me. Uh, said, uh, put it up there. Said, uh, wasp spray has you know it has a long range, so if uh, if somebody's coming after you or whatever, and you know it. That's a long range, and, and it's very effective. And who knows when the cops are there? You just you must you must have had some wasps that you were trying to spray. Sure, yeah. That's and they were carrying clubs and guns. They were big wasps. Others are not Protestant at all. They were
0: murderer hornets.
1: Get the joke? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant wasps. I have to explain it, because not everybody understands humor, okay? Hey, the, the, the uh, uh, platform moves at the same speed of the ride on this show. We'll be back after this.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.